Hello and welcome to episode 170 of Three Bears in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with the beautifully sounding Barry Neal. Barry's got new technology and he's very happy with it. He's, he's looking resplendent with his new snowball. Well, well, it's old technology. I've just dug it out from my shelf because I discovered that Zoom actually has some options if you don't use a, an app. If you use it on your computer, you've got a bit more leeway. Nice and it's looking lovely. I wonder if I could plug in uh, my wee Zoom mic to it then to get additional better microphone. I'm probably Which more than likely. I shall invest once I get the office set up in new house. I'll investigate that. We'll get a podcasting yeah. station. Um, but as you probably tell, we are doing this again via Zoom. Yes. Um, we're not in the same room as each other because yes. no one can meet anyone ever again. Ever. We're, we're now whoever you're with right now. That's you. Then the rest of your life with forever. You will see no other people. You will interact with no other human beings. The person you're with makes you look good because they will bury you. Now that's that's the sense of what it is. Now, yeah, it's it's, it's certainly not. A, <laughs> we're, we're not we're not interacting in a, in a heavy way. Um, but it is a nighttime recording. Are you drinking anything tonight, Barry? Uh, no, no. Uh, I'm not actually that long up. If I'm being brutally honest, I only <laughs> get up at three o'clock. So, yeah. you know, you're still you're still early afternoon. I was up almost time. most of last night. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Don't I? Do I bet? Sorry, go. Oh, so I was just going to say, I'm not, uh, it's a bit early for me to be hitting it. Yeah. By, by like four in the morning, we're all uh, still sleeping. You'll be like awake, wide awake and on the, on the kegs at that point. <laughs> what about yourself? What are you drinking? Anything nothing at all? Nothing tonight, sir. Nothing tonight. Um, having a very quiet Thursday evening. So um, unfortunately, no drinking. Also, I've got a very empty fridge right now. I'm trying to clear my fridge out as opposed to add more stuff into it. So I'm trying to, to get it all. Ah. So um, I'm not, I don't like to buy more booze just to fill up and stuff. Um, yeah, so very quiet Thursday night. We will get back on the, the talking about the beers because the remit of this podcast was movies and beers, and it feels like we haven't had any beers on the podcast for what seems like quite a while now. Um, yeah, but we'll get back to it. Um, it's now, uh, it's now movies and sobriety. Movie sobriety and streaming essentially. And um, before we get to the streaming service, yes. um, like I said, we're all in lockdown still, and um, lockdown is taking a new element with a tiered system. So I don't know if you're allowed to come and see me and I can't come and see you. So we're kind of basically, yeah, we're stuck. Everyone, everyone's in the same boat right now. Well, I went and seen my pals in air yesterday. So, you know, <laughs> I've got to the point where it's like, yeah, good luck. <laughs> my bank account, my bank account is, it cost them probably more money to try and get the money off me than what's in my bank account. So <laughs> as always, come and crack on. I'd love yeah. that. I'd actually love them to take me to court to try and get a thousand pounds out of me that I do not have and probably wouldn't ever have. I've got no money. I have literally no money. Um, <laughs> well, Make ourselves the less special lockdown. Let's talk about the Camel Lairds, um, who were playing Stockport on Monday night, um, and unfortunately had a one 0 loss, a last minute penalty, Barry. Last minute penalty. Oh, I feel like they won with a last minute penalty a couple of weeks ago, so this is just you know it's uh, the cosmic karma, just um, you know finding balance. But um, our man played, obviously didn't score, but played the full game, so hopefully he gets on the score sheet soon to, um, to give us something to share about, and hopefully he got a nice win. So. Played three games so far in the season in the league, have won two and lost one. So, not a bad start. That's not too shabby. Not, not too shabby, shabby at all. Not too shabby at all. Um, but yeah, so now we're going to our usual remit of, of movies. And as I said before, everything is now streaming. So, we're talking about the streaming services of choice. So, the first one up is one that is on Hulu. Um, for those who can get Hulu, I don't know where, how you get it. If you go to Hulu, I'm guessing through illegal means, but it is on Hulu. Uh, and that film is called Palm Springs. Directed by Max Barbacow, 
It's his debut feature. It's produced by the people from Lonely Island. So if you know, if you know the guys have obviously done all the Lonely Island TV stuff, and also they were involved in that pop star Never Stop Popping, which is probably one of the best films that no one remembers for the last like ten years. Um, so the plot of this one is a time travel kind of Groundhog Day one. So it's a time loop, sorry, time loop Groundhog Day white film where mm. there's a wedding going on, and there's a and, and one person has been has been locked in this loop for a while. Um, and he inadvertently takes someone else into the loop with him. So now the both of them are the only two people who are stuck in this loop um, at the same time. And they begin to embrace it at first, and then they begin to try and look for a way out of said loop so they can um, you know, continue on with their normal lives as opposed to living the same day over and over again. Um, in the film, you've got Adam Andy, sorry, Andy Sandberg. He plays the first guy who's stuck in the loop. And he drags in Kristen Malotti, who you might know from Fargo uh, TV show. Um, also stuck in the loop um, from a previous incarnation is J.K. Simmons. Uh, and you've also got Peter Gallagher playing the groom of the wedding. Uh, and Meredith Hagner and also June Squibb uh, pops up in it as well. Um, what do you think of this one, Barry? I actually quite enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Uh, which, which was actually quite surprising. Uh, I don't know. I, I had my doubts going into it. Just because I kind of knew the premise going in, I was like, "Oh, here we go!" Because end of the day, you cannot beat Groundhog Day. So that's, it's that's like a big, the that is the sort of big elephant in the room, isn't it? Like, how do you how do you top Groundhog Day? And yeah. that's what I was worried about as well. So sorry, go on. So yeah, I quite enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't that bad in terms of like, because you know, for these kind of movies, are like it kind of starts getting a bit kind of draining on you. I yep. can't remember what was that Tom Cruise movie that was that he'd Edge done, and it was like, yes, that to me got a bit too repetitive. But right. I felt this was actually just hit the nail in the head perfectly. They'd done the loop a couple of times. You've seen them enjoying themselves, and then ultimately you've seen them just constantly trying to fuck with it all the time. Uh, yeah, and then, uh, 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 Andy constantly just telling uh, Christine how to get round about it and how how she can how she can't keep on killing herself because she just keeps on waiting back up again. Oh. So yeah. Yeah. I, I I liked this movie. I thought it was kinda of set in a good kind of premise because it kinda of showed his day started off just equally as shite as hers. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's not like he woke up in a good place every day. He woke up with pretty much the collapsing of his uh, relationship. Yeah. <laughs> and she she woke up after sleeping with the soon-to-be husband of the bride. So, yeah. you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I thought but, they were really smart, really witty, really charming. And it was actually full of a lot. It actually had a lot more heart in it than I thought it would. I think that's a Groundhog Day. Story. People, people forget there's so much heart in Groundhog Day. And without the heart, it does become boring and repetitive. This matched it. And I think it's mainly due to... The, the the pairing Andy Samberg and Christine uh, Malotti, I think they were excellent together, and I think Andy Samberg is just completely underrated now as a movie actor. Like I, I love him in Brooklyn Nine Nine, and everyone seems to love Brooklyn Nine Nine, but he's not got enough yep. respect for his movie stuff because everything I've seen him in on the big screen or like in a movie feature, he's been fantastic. He's, he brings so much to it, especially comedies. Like he done that one Hot mm. Rod, like maybe about a decade ago, mm. which was insanely funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the, he's yep. done the pop star Never Stop Popping, which is genuinely one of my favourite films of the last decade. I think it's fantastically funny. Um, and he plays it just to the absolute nth degree. And then this one again, because he is, he is very funny in this, because he, he's been in the look for a long time, and he's, so he, he knows how to react to certain things, and he knows what's going on in it. But 
he, he plays that idea of like sort of the boredom of it, but also sort of the embracing the silliness of it really well. Like he, 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 seems to, he seems to at times really enjoy what he can do in it, but ultimately at times he is also utterly mm. depressed with what's happening in it. Um, so I liked him, and also Christine Malotti, who I've not really seen that much in it. I thought she was great. I think I thought I liked the fact that for the most part she wasn't like a damsel in distress. She wasn't like like she wasn't yeah. even saved by Sandberg. She's essentially the architect of her own salvation for a lot of the time. She, she's trying to find her own way. She's not reliant. Once he explains the rules to her what it is, and, and sort of they have their moment of like togetherness, she's sort of her, her own person in it. And the fact that at one point the story sort of branches out and it has like two separate storylines, like her story and his story, mm. I thought it was really interesting that she was sort of the more like together character compared to Sandberg, who for the yes. most part it seems to be is still kind of falling apart to some degree. Um, for big chunks of it, she seems much more because she knows she's got purpose. And I, I really like the fact they used, used it for that. Um, the thing we always talk about with timey, timey, wimey films is the plot has to make sense and the, and the, the rules have to make sense in the world. And I think for the most part, the look made sense to you. Did it make sense? To, did it make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, that's you know, what didn't break the rules too often. No, there was kind of moments within the, their like, day that made perfect sense as to why it would happen and what it done, yeah. you know? And they stuck to it religiously. They never broke away from it or done anything that would mess with it just to push a story on. Yeah, I think that's important. Some of the, some of the, the um, supposedly shock elements or sort of the twists, you do kind of see coming. Like you mentioned the thing with her sleeping with the, 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 the husband, the groom. I think that's maybe a plot twist, but I think that was very obvious from the start that she's done that. It's not it's not particularly well hidden. Um, and I kind of predicted mm. that quite early doors. Um, other than that, I, I thought I thought it was a really I, I laughed a lot at it, but equally I thought it had the real heart and soul to it. And so I actually generally felt for these two people, which I think is a big part of it. And um, you've got to feel for them as much as anything else. Yeah. So out of ten, would you give it? I'm gonna give it a eight out of ten. Absolutely exactly the same, dude. Eight out of ten for myself as well. Nice. Yeah, very solid watch. If you can find it, definitely watch it. Um, next one up is one called Bloodshot, which this was a this was a film I was supposed to go and see the day the cinema was all shut down back in March. So it's been around for it's been, it was it had a cinema release right at the very start of the year, um, and I think I was going to see it, and then the lockdown happened, so I couldn't go anywhere and watch anything. So Bloodshot is directed by Dave Wilson. Um, uh, Were you happy that you managed to miss it? I mean, we'll get to that in a second, yeah. So Dave Wilson directed Love, Death and Robot <laughs> series. It's on Netflix. He's also a big visual effects and video game guy, and I think that comes across very obviously in this, that he is a, a video game guy. And the plot of this mm. film, I mean, it's, it's essentially it's a superhero origin story of a guy, a soldier who's killed in battle, and they try to re-pump the air by using like sort of animatronic parts and like nanobots, uh, which give them super strength, and he can tap into all the... The, the internet and all that kind of thing. You can learn how to do things very quickly. He goes hunting for the, the killer of his his, his wife. Um, and that's essentially it. And it's how he's manipulated into doing that. And you get Vin Diesel playing Bloodshot. Eliza Gonzalez from Baby Driver. She plays the sort of his right-hand woman, essentially. Uh, Toby Cable popped up in it as well as a baddie. Sam Howland popped up in it also as a baddie. Um, and Tallulah Riley popped up with his wife and Guy Pearce popped popped up in it as well as the Guy Pierce I know things about not going to tell you things role that he's been very good at of late. Um I put it out there I am not a Vin Diesel fan. Are you a Vin Diesel fan? Nah, not really. 
I'm, I'm really, I don't think he's a good actor, it. and I think he's, he, I think he has his place. Like some actors have, where you can bend like sort of minimal roles um, or roles that mm. you don't require to act that much. But in this film, they try and make him act next to Guy Pearce, and that's like yeah. making me play play football against Messi. You know, it's like yeah, I can kick a ball, but I, I can't beat that man. You know, like he's, he's you know, it, the disparity of talent is shown up very quickly between these two and having like and having like sort of on screen like sort of arguments and things like that. You go like. I, they are not in the same sport. They are not playing the same game. Mm. Like, you know, even yeah. the guy, even the guy Pierce drops a level to try and like sort of make up for that fact. It's still, he's still playing way above Vin Diesel's level. So Diesel is, I know people who do like him, he must have a charm to be a lead actor and he seems to get, constantly get lead roles. But for me, I just have no interest in Vin Diesel. So I come into it from that part a little bit off with it. Um, so like I said, it's I've, part robot. I've also heard these. Sorry. Okay. Also, I was just going to say, I've also heard these uh, He's quite difficult as well to work with, apparently, with certain other actors as well. Yeah, yeah. Diesel's not known for taking fools lightly. I think he sort of um, he likes things done a certain way around him, and if it's not done that way, he gets unhappy. So, yeah. But other actors, you know, as long as he doesn't fall down the Bruce Willis hole. Yes. Um, so, like I said, the film is it's part Robocop, which I love Robocop. There is an Robocop, not the shit remake. Um, he's also part Neo <laughs> Matrix, where they can plug in, like, sort of. I don't, I don't know how to fly a plane. Then he goes, mm-hmm. yeah, you can fly a plane now. He's like, how the fuck can you do that? So anyway, that's what it is. But I just so quickly lost interest in what this was because it felt like it was something from the late 90s or early 2000s. It seemed, number one, so cheap and generic. And I just, I, mm. I honestly had no interest. It just, it just was so boring and just so like, I've seen this film before. It's called Robocop. It's called The Matrix. I don't really need to see this yeah. shit hybrid version of this. Um, all like I said, all the action stuff looked very generic. Nothing really stood out about it, and it's all sort of like very slow movies used over the top. Like I said, the director's got a, a, a career in video games prior to this, and it mm. does feel like you're watching a video like video game cutscenes. You know, it feels oh, like okay. that. It doesn't. It doesn't feel. Like, it doesn't feel like a, a, an action picture or a movie. Like an action movie, it feels more like video game cutscenes. And maybe it was meant to be a video game first, um, and this is made it into. But yeah, I just yeah. Not it just it didn't hold my interest. It's only it's, I mean, it's less than ninety minutes. I think it's about ninety five minutes long. So it's not even a long film. But at never at any yeah. point, even at ninety five minutes, I felt this film is still at least half an hour too long. I was completely and it's just so uninteresting. And I, I did try because I do like dumb, stupid action films as you do as well. Um, but yeah, just nothing about this made me interested at all. It's just it's Vin Diesel. He's most Vin Diesel. So if you like Vin Diesel. Watch it if you've no interest in Vin Diesel, then it's definitely going to do absolutely nothing for me. So I would suggest sir, that you avoid this film. I'm glad I managed to skip this one just purely <laughs> because running out of time. Yeah, because I feel if I had sat through another 90 minute movie with Vin Diesel, I probably would have cried. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I'm gonna give it a very, very paltry, very boring four out of ten. Oh, that's low. That's, that's, that's yeah, almost. Like- I don't go oh, high very often. Good. At least I always give a film five. You know, different this. Yeah. But this just did not interest me at all. Um, nah, cool. On from that, a film that is you've seen, which I've seen as well, it's on Netflix just now, and it's called Hashtag Alive, directed by, I think it's Lee Cho. It's his debut feature. Um, it's adapted from an American script, which is quite interesting. It's a Korean film, but it's an American script that he then adapted, which I thought was a quite interesting way to come at it. Um, the plot of this okay. film essentially is a zombie apocalypse kicks off in Seoul um, and you follow the protagonist who is basically a guy who lives in his flat and um, who's very into so he's, he's basically he's basically you Barry he's a gamer he has 
all the fancy mod cons, um, and when the um, the zombie apocalypse hits, he's a man who doesn't really know how to do anything. You know, he's he's lived pretty much based on you know the millennial style of, of living, and it's him trying to survive the zombie apocalypse with help from the woman who lives opposite, who is a little bit more switched on as to what's happening. Um, and it's two of them then trying to battle to survive and get rescued from the center of soul. That's basically it, yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And the thing you got Ahin Yu, who plays the, the main guy in the um the main guy you the protagonist you follow. Uh, Shin Hai Park uh, is the woman who lives opposite. And you've also got performances from Hyun Wook Lee um, who's a neighbor and Jean Bae Su, who they picked, who they meet sort of towards the last half hour of the film, which is a kind of interesting character. Um, I put, what do you think of this one? You're, you're not a horror fan, first of all. No, but I do like uh, zombie movies, strangely enough. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Because, yeah. to be fair, this is how I pretty much predict uh, 2021 going. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Dude, it's like... Not Trump's... This could be December for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> Trump's gonna get re-elected in November, and then this will kick off in December. Yeah. <laughs> you laugh, but it's a possibility. It's a possibility. <laughs> oh, Jesus! Uh, yeah. Well, first and foremost, I don't know about your take on this, but I would. This is this was a straight to like Netflix, wasn't it? It wasn't released anywhere else. I think you got a limited release in America and in Korea. Right. I would have preferred this if it was simply just still in South Korean but with English subtitles because I don't know if you noticed it, but a lot of the dubbing sometimes didn't marry up. Just I quite watched right. the subtitle version. I never watched the dub version. I watched the, I watched the um, uh, title version. Never, never go dub, sir. Never. The only Japanese, the only like sort of Japanese, Korean, Chinese films you should watch that are dubbed are the Studio Ghibli ones because they put time and effort into the dubbing of those. They actually reanimate them to a certain degree and they recast it properly. Yeah, yeah. Anything else, always uh, never go dubbing. Yeah. Uh, it just kind of automatically started on the dubbing and I just right. couldn't be involved changing it. But I just Fair felt enough. there wasn't, it was like, it, it was the equivalent of all the actors who were doing the dubbing were sitting in their own houses and not looking at each other and they were just right. rattling off a script. There was don't absolutely like no that's, that's emotion. The they know, there's no emotion, yeah. there's no sort of context to it. Whereas like I said, Studio Ghibli, they, yeah. they match it very well. So I would still prefer, even watching Studio Ghibli animation, I'd still prefer to watch the the Japanese with the English subtitles, but if I can't see it like that, I will watch a dub version of those because it is better. But anything else that's Korean, anything else that's foreign, you know, anything that's not an English language, mm-hmm. I'll always watch the subtitle version rather than the dub version. So I would recommend that. But what about the film itself? What do you think of the film itself beyond the dubbing aspect? That that was my only niggle about this whole entire movie because I did actually quite like it. I quite enjoyed the cat premise, how it was pretty much shot all within a housing estate yeah, just yeah. between these two blocks uh-huh. you know uh, you know it kind of slightly more modern take on it because the guys have all got like mobile phones and all that and uh-huh. at the very beginning you see a few people dicking around trying to post videos and stuff on social media and, which is what it would be that's know. what the zombie focus would be yeah. and see yeah. when he's, do- he's doing his little video and he says something and he goes like if you like this member member like and subscribe it's like who the hell it's a zombie of no liking and subscribing um and also oh, i don't know I'd... would you like and subscribe to that gentleman yeah i'd probably still be watching youtube and <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone's rampaging well. outside i'm just like there's also a bit as well when he's, he's sort of looking he's, he goes there's an app where if you plug in your um if you plug up a heads like a, a, an old 
um, like Jack into the phone. It'll work as an mm. FM radio, and he's like, "That's so clever." But then he's looking, yeah. at he has no, he has no jack headphones. Everything is all wireless. And it's just like yep. when you think that's yep. the way it is. That's the way it is now. That everything is pretty much all wireless. So if you needed to sort of plug into anything to do it, you wouldn't have the technology to do it anymore. Yeah, I know. No, no. Yeah, yeah, I, I still have a, a battery powered big massive like, sort of cable blaster tranny just ready to go in case it does <laughs> straight over the shoulder yeah. <laughs> playing my tunes as the apocalypse drops in um, I would say but it, it does follow all the similar tropes of a horror of, of the zombies genre it doesn't really do anything that different it's all very much it, it's, you can see the stages of what it's going through you know there's a moment where there's a mm. sort of the start when it's like the acceptance of it then it's like sort of the almost enjoyment of it to some degree then or the panic then the enjoyment then the sort of the desperation moment when you think everything's always lost and you think he's going to kill himself then there's that sort of rejuvenation and um when he realizes he's not the last person alive type thing so it's all very much it's it's mm. kind of you've seen it all before in terms of the zombie movie it's not like it's doing anything completely different yes. to the zombie film so Maybe that comes from the fact it's an American script. It doesn't feel particularly new, but what it wasn't mm. new, it was done very well. I thought I thought it was done in a, an interesting, fun way. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I also, even I even like I even like the zombies as well. How they very much mirrored the Twenty Eight Days Later oh. uh, infected people, where they were still very much human. They were just like bitey. They were very ravenous, but there was an intelligence to them. Yeah, yeah. Which I think so. They're probably not. Danny Boyle would say they're not zombies, are they infected? Because they do, yeah. they, they, they do behave like zombies to us, but then they can open doors, you know, and they can and they sort of figure things out. And they sort of, so there is a sort of a certain level of intelligence. So that was, that, was, that was interesting. But I liked, I think always the best zombie films, even the best horror films, they're always talking about something bigger. It's not about so much about the zombie threat. It's like what that tells about the world, you know. So like the best example, obviously, is like mm. uh, Night, Night, of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, but it's all about race politics in, in America. Or Dawn of the Dead, it's all about mm. consumerism. Or um, Day of the Dead, it's all about sort of nuclear proliferation. Um, so it's all it's got, it's got a more underlying point that it's trying to make. And this has got it as well. It's the idea of like sort of the reliance on technology, which is obviously a big thing in the film because that's what that's what he relies mm. on. Everything about his life is technology, and it's also that isolation from society because he's always like, isolated himself from everyone. He doesn't even know his neighbour. Yeah, he knows nothing about who. I even love like next door teach are you? Ah. Uh, and it seems like he's isolated himself from his family as well. He's always got his one picture and he doesn't really seem to know anything about what's happening in their life either and, and stuff like that. So that was always really interesting. That it's sort of comment on it. Like, you know, so when something if something does go wrong, people now able to think they've got this sort of like friendship bracket of like thousands. When the shit all goes wrong, that sort of world just sort of becomes very small and ultimately you're sort of by mm. yourself essentially. Yeah. There's, there's sort of less of a village aspect but- to it and more of a solo tent. Type aspect to it. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm glad I've got so much camping gear. I'm pretty sure I could outlive at least everyone for at least a good couple of days. Well, let all the nuggets fight it out between themselves. <laughs> yeah, let them all fight it out amongst themselves, and I'll just come strutting back in and tidy up whoever's left. Nice one. I'll like, I will. I will come to your house then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought the I thought the two performances, the two central ones, the um I and you and Shin Hai Park, I thought they were excellent. The two of them together looked, were really good mm. separately and together. I thought they sort of like in like in all these films, the horror films and zombie films as well, you've got to believe that they believe it. You know, mm. if you think they're acting and it's, it becomes very noticeable, whereas I thought they they performed the role well. I thought they they were as believable as people who would survive it. He's not what you would call 
your traditional leading man. He's a bit of a weird-looking guy. You know, he's not your... Yeah, he's just like a... It just seems like a kind of a generic bloke. And even at, like... It's like one of the kind of first... It was either the first or the second day. He's still sitting there playing his computer. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's like, he's not... He, uh, he's still... He's like not even... He's, he's almost like... The way we kind of were the first couple of weeks of this pandemic, we're kind of going, this time I can sit home and play computer games. I can do that for a couple of weeks. I'm, yeah. I have no issue doing that. Yeah. So it, it just... These things start to change very quickly. But I thought... I really did think it was excellent. I really enjoyed it. Like, I really... I, I, it got me in a way that... Mm. There's so many zombie films out there that... Yes. It takes something to make them interesting. And this, like I said, it's not doing anything different. It's just doing what it does well. And it doesn't seem, it, it's taking itself serious enough that you believe in it. You know, and it feels, it feels like a believable sort of version of the events that could unfold. And it doesn't seem to be going completely with, um, you know, and it, it doesn't really play on the horror that much as, as much as some, some do as well. So, no, I really liked it. Um, I would give it a very solid seven and a half out of ten for myself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to join you on that one, 7 out of 10 as well. Because, yeah, for the most part, it wasn't actually that, like, gory. I don't even know what rating this is, but this could easily be a rated 15, easily. I think it was a 15. I think that's what it was. Was it? Yeah, uh, Netflix seems better. to put ratings on things now, so I think it, was, I think it would have been a 15 if it was out in cinema. And I think that's, that seems a bit fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. There is gore in it, obviously. It's a zombie film. There is gore in it, but it's... it's there's not a lot of people getting ripped apart, which you sometimes see. You know, the, the worst you saw was like you know, hunting, when they, mm. they're sort of hunting that policewoman. And yeah, yeah. And they drag her off. That's quite traumatic. They drag her away. But there's, there's not a lot of guts and blood and like entrails firing that you get in a lot of in a zombie movies. So no, I, I really dug it. I, I thought it was really excellent. Um, yeah. And I'm all for yeah. Korean zombie films. After Trinity Busan, I'm all for any sort of Korean zombie movie. They are the best of what they, they are. This whole really interesting subgenre now. Of Korean zombie films, which are they're always really interesting to watch. We get a chance, Trinity Basan, well worth a watch. Um, but that is uh, us for this week. Um, next week, which might be in two weeks, depending on how everything pans out with yourself working in the yes, because yeah, someone's you. busy moving house. Yes. So, um, yes. we've got The Boys season two to talk about. We're going to discuss that. I'm plowing my way through that. Um, on Netflix, we have The Trial of Chicago 7, an interesting film. Um, it's all about um, mm-hmm. sort of these guys who get, there was a riot in Chicago back in the 60s during the Democratic Convention, and they get pulled up for basically treason for rioting against the police. Um, even, you know, there's a, there's a the whole other story too, you know, about infringing on civil liberties and all that kind of stuff. So, interesting watch. And um, there's also one you can get on, I believe, Shudder, which is called Random Acts of Violence. Which is from the Jay Baruchel, the the dude from Goon. It's his sort of feature film. It's not his debut. He's follow up to Goon too, and um, it's all about a sort of a, a writer been hunted by his own sort of like serial killer creation. So he, the guy who ran who writes mm-hmm. the comic book, and the comic book character sort of comes to life kinda, and he starts to hunt him. So interesting film, and it's sort of like a different take on the serial killer, you know, slasher movie genre, especially for Halloween. It's an interest, uh, a more interesting watch. Yeah. And on Netflix just now as well as the remake or re-adaptation of Rebecca by Ben Wheatley. So he is designed to take a, take a stab at Rebecca. When the last time someone adapted Rebecca, it won the best picture Oscar. And the person who adapted it was Alfred Hitchcock. So it's, it's very big shoes to try and fill when you're trying to adapt mm. Rebecca. Because the first time out the, out the door was pretty successful. And um, but that is us for this week, Barry. Where people find us? All the usual social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's great. So for this week, I've been Richard. You've been Barry. And you've been listening to Three Beers in a Movie.